Hallelujah. So um, today in part two of our series, um, we're doing taking the limits off of the way that you see the church. Taking the limits off of the way that people see the church. Uh, last week we talked about Jesus, but I, I feel like that there's been a problem with the way that we viewed the church what church is, why we gather, and what our individual role is as believers when it comes to the church. And as a result, that view has limited us from really consistently seeing the power and the presence of God in us and through us and in our worship services. Um, I think it's just so important that we step out of this kind of uh, 90-minute Sunday routine sit, stand, sit, stand, kind of as long as it doesn't interfere with my schedule, my sports, and my sleep view of church. I've heard people say, you know what, Pastor? I don't have to be a part of a church to be a Christian. And it would be absolutely right. Salvation is by grace through faith alone. But you don't have to go home to be married but you stay away long enough and your relationship will be affected. Church was where the very presence of God showed up and changed people's lives. Church was where the, the body gathered to eat and to fellowship with one another. Church was where the people were of one mission. They were of one mind and one accord. We pick up in Acts chapter 2, Peter has just finished his sermon at the Pentecost, and we, we pick up right here, right at his benediction. Uh, verse 41 says, So then those who accepted the message were baptized. And on that day, about 3,000 souls were added to the body of believers. They were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles and to the fellowship, to eating meals together, and to prayers. Verse 43 says, a sense of awe was felt by everyone, and many wonders and signs attesting miracles were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed in Jesus as Savior were together and had all things in common, considering even their possessions to belong to the group as a whole. See, when you think about church, when you think about your part of a church body and what happens and what it looks like to, to be a part of the body, tell me, do you think about continual and faithful devotion to the word? Do you think about uh, devotion to community, to remembering Christ's sacrifice, a devotion to prayer? What about, a, uh, you know, I'm going to church and I'm excited because there's just this sense of awe because of the presence of the very living God. When you walk in the door, when you wake up in the morning and you're getting dressed to go to uh, uh, this congregation, uh, um, do you have an expectation of signs and wonders? See, this is what the original church looked like. And this is what Jesus desired for it to look like today. In John, Jesus was praying, knowing that he was about to be crucified, and he took a minute to pray. 
And this is one of the few recorded prayers. And Jesus is praying for you and I. And in chapter 17, he says, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you've loved me. See, this is why we have to take the limits off of the way that we see church. Because when we open our eyes, when we see what Jesus intended the church to be, then the presence of God is free to move as he intended it to be in the church. But we have to take the limits off. Church can no longer be church as usual for us. We can't just go in and just think of this kind of process thing that we do every Sunday on the calendar and we're just going and we get dressed and this is, this is what Sunday looks like for us. No, no, no. This is an opportunity to come together. This is an opportunity to be with brothers and sisters. This is an opportunity to expect the very presence of the living God to come in and to change people's lives. And I don't know about you, but when I think about that and I think about that opportunity, I get excited. I get excited because I'm in, I'm waiting. I, let me tell you, I'm standing here right now. I can't wait for altar call. I, because I'm in expectation of someone making a decision that will change the course of their life. And because we made a decision to be here, God honored that. When we think about church, it's, it's not just, hey, I'm here. No. So we have to take the limits off. We are called to take the limits that have been placed on the way people see church off. And there are a couple of ways that we do that. The first way that we do that is we have to understand that the church is not a building. You and I, we are the church and we have an active role to play as the church in the body of Christ active not passive not just I'm one of the numbers not just I come in and I leave I'm just here to get the message and then I'm out no we have an active role to play as members of the body of Christ Matthew 16 verse 13 Jesus is talking here and when Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi he asked his disciples this question what are the people saying about me the son of man who do they believe that I am they answered some are convinced you are John the baptizer. Uh, others say that you are Elijah reincarnated or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But you, who do you say that I am, Jesus asked. Simon Peter uh, spoke up and said, you are the anointed one, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are favored and privileged son of Jonah, for you didn't discover this on your own. But my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed this to you. And I will give you the name Peter, a stone. And on this rock will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church, my legislative assembly, and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. 
Jesus is saying, I'm going to call you Peter a stone. But then he says, and this rock, what is the rock? What is the, the bedrock foundation on which you will build the church? It's that Jesus Christ was the son of God, that he came and that he died and that he rose again. That is the foundation of the church. It's not a great worship. It's not a great coffee. It's none of that. It's giving people the understanding and open their eyes to the knowledge that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And no matter how far you've gone, no matter what's, what your, your, your life was like, no matter what your life is like, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and God has a desire to be in relationship with you. That is the foundation of the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Now you collectively are Christ's body, and individually you are members of it, each with his own special purpose and function. Each, each one of you, with your own special purpose, purpose and function. This is why it's important. This is why it matters. Because each of you have a purpose. Each of you have a function that's needed in the body of Christ, that's needed in the church. And if you sit on it, if you do nothing, if you waste that, that purpose, if you waste that function, Imagine, I'm going to go kids ministry here, imagine being Superman and never using any of the things that you've been given. Never using your special abilities. Going around seeing the world, seeing the way that the world is, all the criminals and crime fighting action going on, and you're just walking by, just suited up, ripped, just... Superman-ish and nothing. We each have a special function. We each have a special ability that God desires to use. And that special function, that ability is used to bring somebody to the knowledge of Jesus. Don't wait for somebody else. Like, oh, no, 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 no I'm just, uh, no, I'm just, no. He's giving it to you. And he doesn't care if you're 7 or 77. He doesn't care what, what your past was or what's going on. He says, I can use you. All you have to do is be willing. And I will show you what that special thing is. I'll show you what that function is that you can use to bring glory to me. We have to be aware that we have a purpose and a function. And in order for the church to move forward, we have to get on our job. The time for being a bystander is over. God wants to do some amazing things in our communities. He wants to do some amazing things in our, our families and in our gatherings. But first, it starts with us getting activated. It is through the church that God takes people with different personalities, with different gifts, and they unifies them as a single body. It unifies them as a single body. And he equips them to care for people and to reach the world. 
It's not about uh, who's in your seat when you get here. Maybe you should have got here earlier. Or who, uh, 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 or the right worship song or, or the right sermon length. It's not about uh, uh, any of that. It's about you being willing. It's about you being available to be being used before, during, or after the service is over. We encourage you here to invite someone to church. I encourage you, I implore you, invite someone to church, please. But when you invite someone to church, don't just invite them to church. Invite them to lunch. Invite them to your table. Invite them to your patio. Invite them out to coffee. Invite them into your life. Be there for them. Because we, and not the building, is the church. We take the limits off of the way that people see church. And we do that by understanding that you and I are the church. That we have an active role to play as the church in the body of Christ. One of the unique things that I loved when, when, uh, as we began to create what is now Limitless Church and the thing that I just really uh, wanted to be a core value is as I began to talk to people, I encounter people who say, you know what, I've been to church, and this happened, and that happened. Or I've, I've, I know people who, who went to this church, and, and this happened, and that happened. Or, or people who say, you know, you know I, I, I love Jesus and all, but, you know, it's, it's just the church that, that, that is, is, is the thing that I can't get with. It's because they've encountered people who weren't great examples of Jesus, They've encountered situations that may not have been handled with the love of God. We have an opportunity to change that. That's why we called it limitless. Because what you've encountered as you've talked to that person is a limit to the way that they see church. But when they encounter you, you have an opportunity to take that limit off. You have an opportunity to take the limit off of the way that they see church. Secondly, we take the limits off of the way that people see church by being the hands and feet of Jesus. In our community, in the body of Christ as a whole, and in our congregation. Whether it's providing food to the hungry, or giving backpacks and haircuts to, to children in need, or just praying for someone while you're in a grocery store. We have to be intentional. We have to be committed to being the hands and feet of Jesus. What does that mean? How, how, how do we do that? As the hands, it means that we are willing to do the work of Christ. And as the feet of Jesus, it means that we're willing to allow ourselves to be moved by him. Matthew chapter 25, we pick up uh, in verse 35. It says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me with help and ministering care. I was in prison, and you came to me ignoring the personal danger. Verse 37, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink it. When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in? Or, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick? Or in prison and come to you? 
the king will answer and say to them, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, to the extent that you did it for one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it for me. For the extent that you did it for one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it for me. Jesus is showing us here that we have work to do. And he's saying to keep in mind as sometimes it may get hard and it may get difficult. And you may have invited somebody in your circle and it may not have turned out the way you wanted to. Or you might have tried to help somebody in the situation may, you know, and you're like, see, that's why I don't. Jesus says, no. Jesus says, even as you did it for one of the least of these You've done it for me. There's a saying that uh, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. See, it's great to try to tell somebody, uh, uh, you know, you know, as you know, we used to go out when I was younger. I used to, you know, be one of those guys knocking on the door Saturday morning. If you're watching this right now, and I knocked on your door, I apologize. It was early, um, but I used to uh, knock on the door and 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 tell, hey, you know, do you know about Jesus? And da 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 da. And and a lot of the time, it would be rejection. And I begin to think about that and process that in, in my conversations, and as I begin to talk with people, and um, that 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 saying just popped out to me. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. Thank you for telling me about Jesus. Uh, you know, this, this, this Jesus thing is something that's really important, but I can't hear you uh, because I'm hungry. Because I've had nothing to eat. And I want to learn about your Jesus that's, that's, that, that came and, and that died for me, but I'm a little worried because my kids haven't eaten in days. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. Especially in today's society, everyone has an agenda. Everybody has an agenda. As believers, as Christians, as disciples, our agenda has to be love. That's it. To show the love of God to those who need it. Salvation, when I look at it in the Bible, it's a byproduct of love. John 3.16 says, for God so Jeremiah 31 says, therefore with my loving kindness have I drawn you. And Jesus is talking in John uh, to the disciples in John 13. He says, by everyone, by this everyone will know you are my disciples if you have Love for one another. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus is talking. He says, you are the light of Christ to the world. A city set up on a hill can't be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to everyone who's in the house. Verse 16, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and more excellence and recognize and honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven. I love verse 16 because it, it shows me a process. 
Verse 16, uh, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and more excellence and recognize and honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven. When they see you loving people, when they see your, you, you loving your brother, when they see you taking care of the needy, when they, when they see you serving your brother and sister and being in community, they begin to recognize your Father who is in heaven. Something's different about you. Why, why, why is it you come to work and you're always happy? Why is it that when you, you know, when you see people, you're always helping the homeless or you're always praying for us? What, what is that? They begin to recognize your Father who is in heaven. The next thing it says, an honor. Because what happens is they begin to recognize Jesus and then they want to know about Jesus. And then as they, they recognize him, you know, they see it, you begin to communicate them the gospel of Jesus. They have a, a, a come to Jesus, what I call a come to Jesus moment. They begin to honor Jesus. And then as they come to the knowledge of Jesus, they begin to glorify your father who is in heaven. But it starts when you let your light shine before men in such a way that they see your good deeds. They, they see the way you operate in excellence. They see that, you know what, I'm going to be to work on time. I'm going to clock out on time. You know what, when I set up these chairs, I'm going to make sure that the chairs are, you know what, I'm going to make sure the house is clean. I'm going to make sure why, why am I doing things in excellence? Because they will glorify my Father who was in heaven. Being the hands and feet of Jesus means tangibly showing the love of God to people who are around us. How do we do that? In our community, we do that by seeing the needs and choosing to not overlook them. Not waiting for somebody else to come and be the solution, but rolling up our sleeves to help people. Pray for people. Seeing the need and fulfilling the need. That's how we do that in our community. How do we do it in the body of Christ? We do that by assisting to fulfill the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus came up and said to them, all authority, power, and absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. It's almost like I preached this before. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually regardless of circumstances, and on every occasion, even to the end of age. I don't know about y'all, but I am glad that I serve a God that's with me regardless of circumstances, that's regardless of every occasion that says he's going to be with me even to the end of the age. No, I got two amens. Okay. Thank you, Lizette. I appreciate you. We are charged to go. Make disciples of all nations. To the body of Christ, we fulfill that through our supporting local and global missions, missionaries and missionary work. See, missionaries are people who God has sent out to spiritually dark and often hostile places in the world. 
with the primary purpose of bringing the good news of Jesus to unreached people groups. Most missionaries have left their home, their extended family, their friends, church, comfort, and some even bear the burden of a prison cell and death for the sake of the gospel. And as a local body, we support the whole body by supporting these missionaries. We support them with our prayers. We pray for them. We support them with our presence. Uh, uh, later, we'll talk about uh, 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 missionary trips and things that we do. And then we support them with our finances. This isn't optional for us. Just because we're a new church and we're a church plan doesn't mean we get some time to get ourselves together. No, this is the culture of Limitless Church. We believe in missions, we serve on missions, and we support missions. Why? Because missions does the works that connects the world to the church. We believe in missions and we believe in our missionaries. As you see here, um, for local missions, uh, we have uh, Will and Jen Clear. Most of you know the Clears. They have a campus ministry uh, called Chi Alpha up in Davis. And Chi Alpha is a movement that supports 28,000 college students and 300, on 300 American campuses, and they spread the gospel of Jesus Christ on these campuses. Why is that important? For those of you who are in college and those of you who have been to college, I'm sure you can attest to what happens and how much influence there is that goes on on these campuses. That's why it's important for the body of Christ to be there. For people who are suffering and, and, and children who are, are trying to get through finals. Children who are uh, students who are trying to get through classwork and, and classes to be reminded of the love of God. To know that there is a Savior who loves them. The end of the world. And there's a God that loves you and that cares for you while you're on this campus. Local missions. Uh, Otis Amy is our, our second uh, missionary. Next one. There we go. Otis Amy. Um, he is with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, FCA. And so previous from this, for the past seven years, I served as to serve with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And what they do is they host rallies and they host these rallies in during lunchtime on high school and middle school campuses. And, and they come in and, and we bring pizza. And it's always awesome because if you've ever, for those of you who are in school, you guys, imagine somebody walking past you during lunch with boxes of pizza. The first thing you want to do is follow them. And so we get to walk through the campus and people are like, hey, want free pizza? Follow us. And they come in the room. And there's a coach or there's a professional uh, a football player. By the way, uh, if you recognize Otis, Otis used to play for the 49ers. Um, I know there's some Raiders fans here. I'm sorry. But he used to play for the 49ers. Um, and having someone of that stature or a coach come in or, 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 or a professional football player come in um, and, and talk to these students on a high school campus during lunch that is amazing, and that is something that we want to get behind as 
a church. And so we support, we are the hands and feet of Jesus by support, supporting our local missions. Now, the next one is global missions. Um, this is Mike and Pat Pacone. Um, everybody that you see, I know personally and have been uh, in relationship with for a while, and I'm glad to have the opportunity to support them. Um, but Mike and Pat are very special to me. Uh, three years ago, Mike and Pat, uh, when I got baptized, Mike and Pat uh, pretty much spoke the vision of Limitless Church over our life in a prophecy. Um, and they have a, a ministry called New Life International. They work in India. They've been working in India and Nepal for the past 31 years as missionaries. Uh, they plant churches. They train church leaders. Uh, they have a compound that's about four and a half miles outside of Kathmandu. And when you see this and when they come, I'm telling you, it's amazing. They house, feed, and serve disabled Nepalese, people from Nepal that are disabled. They have a compound where they feed them and they serve them and they take care of them. Because in Nepal, these people are often abused and taken advantage of and just disgraced. To these Nepalese and to these people in India. And it's just amazing. So these are three missionary, missionaries and missionary groups that I want Limitless Church to start supporting because we believe in them, because we believe in what they do, and we believe in taking the limits off of the way that people see church by being the hands and feet of Jesus by assisting in you know, oh, you guys just started a church or, you know, just getting your feet off the ground with your finances. You know, you might want to take some time before you start supporting missionaries and doing all kind of auxiliaries. No, I trust God. I believe in the work that FCA is doing. I believe in the work that Chi Alpha is doing. And I believe in the work that our New Life International is doing. And so we're going to uh, make a commitment um, at the beginning of the year or maybe even before the beginning of the year. I will, would get my kids together and I would say, hey, guys, it costs about $100 to bring a, a, a stack of pizza to a school. What are we going to do? And it would just be so awesome because our teenagers would come together. And they say, you know, that money that I was going to use for the snack bar, that money I was going to use for the McDonald's, let's pool it all together to serve our students. And so I'm taking the limits off of the way that people see church. Lastly, we do that as we close, not by being singularly focused on how we do church, but always remaining focused on who we're doing it for. Oftentimes, churches get tied up in how we do church. We're focused on methods for getting people in the door and focused on how the worship looks, focused on who gets to sit where and who. A smaller focus is placed on who we're supposed to be serving. This rears its head when we look cautiously at someone who doesn't look like us who doesn't dress like us. Maybe their hair isn't like us. Maybe they don't uh, have the same clothing that we wear. We get finicky because someone may smell like marijuana or they may smell like alcohol or they dress like they just left the club. But please make no mistake as people who we desire to reach. This is Limitless Church. If you're looking for a church that's like a country club, then this is not it. I'm sure there are other churches you can go to. I won't name them. You can find them. 
One of the biggest problems, there was a, a quote that I heard, one of the biggest problems in the church today is that there aren't enough cigarette butts in the parking lot. Some of y'all will trust that the Holy Spirit will do the work that he needs to do so that when we see them, we're not focused on fixing them because that's not your job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Our job is to love them. Our job is to remember that this place is a hospital for the sick, not a spa for the well. Luke chapter 14, verse 15. To Jesus, someday God will have a kingdom feast and how happy and how privileged will be the ones who get to share in that joy. See, Jesus had just begun talking about a feast and this gentleman was a Jew. And so he says, oh, how great it will be when that feast happens and how great and privileged will be the ones who get to share in that joy because his assumption was that only the Jews and only this elite group of people will be able to share in that feast. And Jesus replied with this parable in, in Luke 14 verse 16, a man invited many to join him in a great feast. When the day for the feast arrived, the host instructed his servant to notify all the invited guests, come. And they all made excuses. One said, I can't come because I bought some property and I have to look it over. Another said, please accept my regrets because I just purchased five teams of oxes and I need to make sure they can pull the plow. Another one says, I can't come because I just got married. The servants reported back to the host and told him all of their excuses. The master became angry and said to his servant, go at once throughout the city and invite anyone the disabled, the hurting, the lonely, and invite them to this banquet. When Jesus' servant returned, his master said, Sir, I've done what you asked, but there's still room. So the master said, All right, go out again, and this time bring them all back with you. Persuade the beggars on the streets, the outcasts, even the homeless, and insist that they come in and enjoy the feast so that my house will be full. I say, enjoy my banquet. Jesus was saying, I don't care who you find. I don't care who they are. I don't care what their job is, what their background is. I am inviting them to the feast. I am inviting them to the fathership. I am inviting them to be sons and daughters of the living God. See, when Jesus held church or when Jesus held a gathering, it was tax. There were religious people there and ordinary people, everyday people were there. And he lovingly ministered to them all. He wasn't worried about how people dressed. He just wanted them to come. We are a family. Limitless. You don't have to wear a facade of perfection here. I would prefer that you take it off when you come in the door. Your house is a wreck, your family is a mess, you're stressed and barely making it, guess what? You are in the right place. If you're battling depression and suicidal thoughts and you're not even sure that Jesus is real, but you're here anyway, good. This place is for you. People always say there's too many hypocrites in church. Yes, because this is where they're supposed to be. And we could always use one more. Anyway, we're not here 
for pretty lights and pretty songs. We're not here to follow the latest church growth trend, to follow a new fad or, or a new ministry engagement, Isaac. We are here to take the We are here because we want to join people of all colors, all background, all life conditions to a true and living God that has the power to heal, the power to restore, the power to set free, and wants to be in relationship with them. We take the limits off of the way that people see church by recognizing that the church is us, not the building. By being the hands and feet of Jesus and not being focused on how we're doing church, but who. These are the way that people begin to see church differently. I want us to be a church where people can uh, 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 get rid of all of these preconceived notions that they have when they come to church, when they hear church, when they hear Jesus, when they hear faith, because they've encountered someone from Limitless. That's what my desire is. That they say, oh, I didn't know church could be like this. I didn't know this is what happened at church. I can't tell you how much it blesses me when a service is over and I, and I, and I see a, a student or a young adult or a young person and, and someone says it was last week and they said, you know what, I just invited him to church. I didn't, I didn't even think he would come. But he came and he loves it. It's awesome when, when I meet a, a, a middle school kid or a high school kid that says, hey, man, I really like the service. Because what we've done is we've now changed the perception of how that person sees church. You know, for me, when we were growing up, it was, oh, man, we got to get up early. They're going to sing forever. Somebody's probably going to run up and down the aisle. The pastor's going to be spitting, and there's no food. That's what I, when I woke up on Sunday, I was upset, to say the least. We go on to church. So when you bring a student, when you invite somebody to church, Last week, I don't think they're here this week. Last week, we had uh, some young people, they invited, invited someone to church, and, and I just saw him. I don't know, if, and Matthew, are you here? Is Matthew here? No, Matthew's not here. But I got a chance to see Matthew, and this is why I like to go to the chance to see Matthew, and I could just see on Matthew's face. And he said, I just, I know that it was a decision that I needed to make because Matthew made a decision to accept Jesus as his Lord and personal Savior. And I begin to, amen, we can make some noise for that. And so Matthew walks off and the person that invites him comes up and he says, you know, I just invited him. I didn't know what was going to happen. And I told him, I said, how crazy is it? That because of your obedience, 
this person's life will never be the same. Will never be the same. Because now they've accepted Jesus and Jesus. And I see students and I see kids and it was another one last week and um, I think, was it your brother that you, you brought? Is it you? Was it your brother? Yeah. No? Okay. I'm sorry. So he says, and this is attributed to, to, to Matt. He says, I remember this guy. So for those of you who weren't here last week, you missed it. Okay. Sorry. Um, he says, I remember this guy. And he says, uh, uh, two years ago, and he came to rap at a chapel. And, he, and so he's like, asking him, he's like, what is his name? What is his, what is his stage name? And he tells him, he's like, oh, his stage name is Million. And he's like, whoa. And he has a moment. And you can see it in his face. His mom is with him. And he's like having a moment as he realized the Christian rapper guy who came to his school is now a pastor. And he's sitting in the church. And he, he's like making a connection. But his view of church has now I can't wait to come back next week. What am I saying? We have all kinds of opportunities. We have all, I could tell you plenty of stories. I got a welcome card that, that said, hey, you know, we were so excited that we came to church. We came in and we immediately felt like we were home. Everyone began to greet us. People who we didn't even know sat next to us and we had an awesome time at church and we can't wait. What are we doing? We are taking the by loving people, by being in the hands and feet of Jesus, and by actually being the church, and not just thinking that the church is a building. That's what our call is. That's what God has called us to do. And that's what we have to remain focused on.